Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's April 26th, 2021. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, generational toxicity. Do next-generation platinum drugs reduce toxicity compared to cisplatin for nasopharyngeal carcinoma? Multiple randomized trials have shown improved overall survival when induction chemo is added to concurrent chemoradiation for locally advanced nasopharyngeal carcinoma. Platinum is the backbone of these induction regimens and is often seen in a doublet regimen with 5-FU or gemcitabine or even in a triplet regimen with docetaxel and 5-FU. Yet cisplatin toxicity can be considerable. This randomized phase three trial, it's a non-inferiority trial, sought to determine if replacement of cisplatin with lobaplatin, a third generation platinum drug, resulted in less toxicity and non-inferior disease outcomes in 502 patients with locally advanced nasopharyngeal carcinoma. The overall treatment regimen consisted of two cycles of induction platinum plus 5-FU instead of the typical three cycles for induction, and two cycles of concurrent platinum with radiation. Patients were randomized to either 100 mg per meter squared of cisplatin or 30 mg per meter squared of lobaplatin. Radiation consisted of a four-volume simultaneous integrated boost approach, with the primary tumor receiving 68 to 70 gray gross nodes 62 to 68 gray, high-risk CTV 60 gray, and low-risk CTV 54 gray, all in 30 to 32 fractions. At five years, there was no difference in the rate of progression-free survival with lobaplatin versus cisplatin at 75% each. There was also no difference in five-year overall survival at 88 versus 89%, also no difference in local regional recurrence-free survival 88 versus 89%, or distant metastasis-free survival. Rates of grade 3 plus neutropenia, anemia, nausea, and vomiting were all lower with lobaplatin. In addition, lobaplatin also had less low-grade toxicity and less late peripheral neuropathy. The bottom line is, lobaplatin, a next-generation platinum, appears to have less toxicity than cisplatin, while maintaining non-inferior disease outcomes among patients receiving induction chemo and chemoradiation for nasopharyngeal carcinoma. Thanks to Lou, Lancet Oncology, 2021. Up second, 21st century oncology. Nearly half a century after 3D imaging has been widely available to patients, Large-scale data is here to support image-guided brachytherapy for locally advanced cervical cancer. Embrace One was a huge collaborative international effort to prospectively record cancer outcomes among over 1,300 women receiving definitive chemoradiation for stage 1B to 4A cervical cancer across Asia, Europe, and North America. Over half were stage 2B with a pretty even distribution otherwise. Everyone received 40 to 50 gray conventionally to the whole pelvis using external beam with concurrent cisplatin at 40 milligrams per meter squared weekly, followed by 
and here's where the 21st century comes in, consolidative MR-guided brachytherapy. In other words, MRI-based treatment planning with the brachy applicator in place was mandatory. The median EQD2 dose delivered to 90%, or the D90, of the high-risk target volume, which was gross tumor at the time of brachy application, plus the entire cervix and any gray zones, across all these women at diverse institutions was 90 gray. Now remember, the whole concept of image-guided brachytherapy is to tailor the consolidative dose distribution to the actual tumor volume remaining after external beam. This resulted in one of five women receiving significantly larger high-dose distributions than they would have with 2D planning, and two of five women receiving significantly smaller high-dose distributions. The latter being the biggest fear of the old guard in that, are you going to miss tumor? Well, at a medium follow-up of over four years, estimated five-year local control was excellent at 92%. Grade 3 plus GI toxicity occurred in 9%, GU in 7%, vaginal in 6%, and fistula rate in 3%. The bottom line is, consolidative MRI-guided brachytherapy for locally advanced cervical cancer results in unprecedented local control with acceptable toxicity. Thanks to Potter, Lancet Oncology, 2021. Up next, flying solo. Is an MRI-based targeted biopsy alone approach to initial prostate cancer diagnosis non-inferior to the standard 12-core truss biopsy approach? In clinical practice, multiparametric MRI and MRI-guided prostate biopsy is often done in addition to, rather than in lieu of, a standard 12-core truss biopsy. While MRI-guided biopsy identifies a higher proportion of clinically relevant prostate cancer, it hasn't yet replaced the standard approach. In this Canadian randomized phase 3 trial, greater than 450 men who were biopsy naive with clinical suspicion of prostate cancer were randomized to either standard 12-core truss biopsy or pre-biopsy MRI and targeted biopsy alone. The purpose was to see if the overall proportion of men diagnosed with grade group 2 plus disease was non-inferior with the MRI versus truss approach. And the non-inferiority margin for the proportion of grade group 2 plus disease diagnosed was 5%. Men were selected for biopsy based on an estimated 5% or greater risk of grade group 2 plus disease using the prostate cancer prevention trial risk calculator. All men in the truss arm underwent biopsy and 30% were diagnosed with grade group 2 plus disease, while another 22% were diagnosed with grade group 1 disease. In the MRI arm, 62% of men had a PIRADS 3 plus lesion for biopsy and 35% were diagnosed with grade group 2 plus disease, while 10% were diagnosed with grade group 1 disease. In other words, just as many, if not more, grade group 2 plus cancers were found with the MRI approach while allowing one-third of men to avoid biopsy. The bottom line is, 
compared to standard 12-core truss-guided biopsy without MRI, the use of MRI in targeted biopsy alone appears to be non-inferior at diagnosing grade group 2 plus disease, while detecting half as many grade group 1 cancers and allowing one-third of men to avoid biopsy. Thanks to Clots, JAMA Oncology, 2021. Up next, Meta. Decades of trials have demonstrated that hyperfractionation improves survival for head and neck cancers over conventional fractionation. And chemo concurrent to conventional fractionation is best of all. But shouldn't chemo concurrent to hyperfractionation really be best of all? Here, we bring you a meta-analysis of meta-analyses. That's right, a combined look at March and Mach comprising nearly 29,000 patients treated between 1980 and 2016. The sheer amount of comparisons that can be made with this data is eye-crossing, so our hats are off to the biostatisticians on this one. But guess what? Chemo concurrent with hyperfractionated radiation was ultimately determined to be associated with the best survival of all, with a hazard ratio of 0.63 when compared to the benchmark of conventional radiation alone. Yes, it even demonstrated a significant advantage, the hazard ratio of 0.82, over the reigning regimen of cisplatin-based concurrent chemo with conventional fractionation. What's more, it remains superior on virtually all predefined subset analyses. Unfortunately, there wasn't a great way to compare toxicities across trials. The bottom line? We're asking who's up for designing a modern prospective trial comparing hyperfractionated versus conventionally fractionated radiation with concurrent high-dose cisplatin, particularly for HPV-negative cancers. Thanks to Pettit, Lancet Oncology, 2021. Up next, hot topics. In 2021, most people agree post-op radiosurgery for resected brain meds confers the best local control at the least neurocognitive expense. However, not as many agree on the best planning parameters. For instance, should you constrain the hotspot since it's not going to be within gross tumor? How big should the volume actually be? And do we really need to cover the surgical track? Here we have a current review to distill the data that we have thus far, and table four really says it all. Here are the high points. First of all, Dose matters, and to maximize local control, the biological equivalent dose, assuming a tumor alpha-beta ratio of 10, should exceed 40 gray. This includes delivering greater than or equal to 16 gray in a single fraction, greater than or equal to 24 gray over three fractions, and greater than or equal to 30 gray over five fractions. GTV shouldn't include the surgical tract for deep tumors and GTV to PTV margin is typically 1 to 3 millimeters. Finally, hotspots don't seem to need constraint when confined to the GTV, and treatment should be delivered within four weeks from surgery. Thanks to Manetti, Green Journal, 2021. Finally, 
noted. In addition to the predefined three bone met limit, this post-defined secondary analysis of the stampede trial adds men with non-regional lymph nodes as their only site of metastatic disease to the list of those who achieve an overall survival advantage with the addition of prostate radiation. Thanks to Ali, JAMA Oncology, 2021. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.